Hello and welcome to On Mission, a podcast from the Catholic Apostolate Center. My name is Chris Pierno, and I'm joined by Father Frank Donio and Kate Fowler, and we'll be discussing All Saints and All Souls Day. Hello, everyone. What a great topic we're talking about today. It's very, very, very timely. Very timely. Very, uh, as we head to, into into November, this is you know, the kind of dates this podcast, but uh, it's, we're, it's released right, right as we're on the cusp of November, which is really the time to remember the faithful departed. I mean, yeah, we were entering, we're in fall. I think we're all getting ready uh, for this change of season. It's been a very welcome change of season. And you know, it's not accidental that these feast days and solemnities are during this time. You know, that we're kind of contemplating change and the leaves are falling and things are kind of dying down. And it's very appropriate, I think, that liturgically we're thinking about, you know, the solemnity of all saints and and then technically what we call all souls is referred to as the commemoration of all the faithful departed. Is that right, Father? It It, it is. And Solemnity of All Saints, commemoration of all the faithful departed, all souls. The interesting thing, of course, in the Southern Hemisphere, we, we're in spring. And that's a, the, you know, the, the new life. So in some ways, in, in the way that it works liturgically, it really works well where you see things that are are dying, but also then things are coming to life in other parts of the world. And in either way, it's an, it's an appropriate opportunity to think about that kind of change and, and the kind of ultimate things of, of what, of what is, you know, all saints really is the, the, the people who are not in stained glass and on prayer cards and have statues. It's all the people who are, who are in heaven. You know, we believe that that's, that's where we're all called to be saints. So that, that really is, is something, but it, you know, in the, in, in the Northern hemisphere, particularly in the United States, we have this, this whole other thing. That's the day before uh, all saints and the, you know, Halloween or, or all hallows Eve. So like the, the eve of all hallows. Yeah, you got a voice there, Chris. You know, I, I know you're 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 losing it. But that's okay. We 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 gotta, you know, we gotta well, if we're gonna talk about Halloween, for heaven's sakes, we gotta put on uh, if we're Halloween. not going to put on masks, we may put on a voice. Halloween. Well, you know, I recall when I was a kid, uh we there was some kind of weird combination of the two uh in elementary school where we oh. Dressed up as saints. Oh, was, that's, a, that's a Catholic school. That's a that's a big Catholic school thing. It's very I, confusing. We didn't. I didn't. You know. I think I wore a monk costume for many years. Wow. Um, and then that may have. You sure it wasn't a friar, school. didn't you? You like you know, the whole the whole Franciscan thing going. Well, well, then it, it might have transitioned, you know, into a Jedi cloak or something you know, <laughs> after, after school or something like that, but. But, but so I mean, are, are, well, you know, that's a good a good point, a good transition to talk about, you know, this interesting, yeah, this more obviously a, a secular holiday in some sense of the word. Um, but it, you know, how can how can we, you know, 
is it okay? You know, where there's always a like, is it okay for us to be doing Halloween? You know, is it not? What, what is, what's the, what's the, uh, what's the priest thought on that? <laughs> well, I, you know, Kate, what, what's, what, want to talk a little bit about that in terms of the, the whole, the whole Catholic piece that's associated with Halloween? Yeah, I'll give the, the non-priest take, Chris. <laughs> um, yeah, so Halloween, the word Halloween comes from, like we're like Father said with his epic voice that I can't even attempt, All Hallows' Eve. So hallow on its own means holy. And ween was like on the eve of. So, you know, in the Catholic Church, it's, very from the beginning really from hundreds of years we've celebrated the night before in a, a liturgical solemnity or feast with a vigil and that celebration has kind of carried over into the night before and so really halloween originated as an observance of the vigil of all saints day which is november 1st so it it has completely Catholic roots. And, you know, we were researching a little bit about where these traditions come from. And I really was learning a lot about, about Halloween. Um, yes, Chris, you mentioned it's been kind of like hijacked by our culture in, in a sense. And I think over commercialized, which pretty much any holiday has been, you know, Christmas, Easter, there's just been this like you know, commercialization of it. And so I think that they'll never take away Pentecost from us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, there's just people just think, okay, Halloween candy costumes, you know, whatever have no connection to, Oh, this comes has Catholic origins. But I was reading about how like jack-o'-lanterns, for example, come from Irish immigrants coming to the United States and, the whole trick or treating itself is comes from an English tradition of people um, ask, saying, you know, if you give me a treat, I'll pray for someone that's deceased. You know, it was like this um, bartering system in a way. And so, you know, the United States being a melting pot of all of these amazing cultures and traditions has just kind of become like Halloween and the celebration and observance of it is just this kind of hodgepodge of all of that. Um, And so, you know, there are a lot of ways that we can celebrate Halloween through a Catholic lens. And that's something that we're discerning right now, like how to best celebrate Halloween as a family with little kids and how to use this opportunity, you know, the vigil of all saints um, to also teach our children about the amazing men and women who have gone before them, um, who are witnesses to our faith. So it's actually a really rich time liturgically. And and to make it a, of a piece. So you have the all Hallows Eve, you, you have, or Halloween, you have the vigil, which, you know, the vigil of the solemnity of all saints, all saints, and then the commemoration of all the faithful departed, uh, and all soul, which is all souls. And, and that really, when you look at it as a piece, which is what it was put together as, it, it it's meant to be an, an opportunity for us to look at what, you know, what happens 
uh, after death. And now the people we're talking about here are in, in All Saints, we're talking about people who are in heaven. Commemoration of all the faithful departed, we're talking about the people who are in purgatory. These are, and and you know we have the Catholic doctrine of purgatory that that after death uh, that there there is a particular judgment and uh, for those who uh, you know so there's heaven there's hell and there's there's purgatory and that this is a time of purification we don't know how long what you know time is is a, is a very different reality in uh, in eternity and so we. We don't know what that what that means, but we know what we do know is, is that when we pray for the dead, we're not praying for the people who are in heaven. We're we're praying for those who are in purgatory, so that they you know and and we 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 ask the saints to be doing the same, so that then they can come to their heavenly home, and and this is. This is this this purification that is uh, that is part of the the mercy of God. This is and and this opportunity that people are are given. So it's not just an end uh, an either or, but there is this this other that in in Catholic teaching um, is a beautiful Catholic teaching. We've taken a lot of hits for it, but it is a beautiful Catholic teaching, and that's what we're talking about with all souls or the commemoration of all the faithful departed. And so Halloween is the beginning of this kind of small triduum of feasts that I had never heard been called all Hallowtide or Hallowtide or Hallowmas. So Halloween is the vigil of all saints. Then we have all saints and then the commemoration um, of the faithful departed. And so it's like this mini triduum of feasts that all go together. Um, And it's, what you were saying, Father, it's this beautiful, um, just it's it's this beautiful relationship of the church militant. So all of us who are alive, praying and for those who have gone before us, praying for those in purgatory on their way to heaven, which is the church suffering, and then also honoring the saints who are already in heaven, who are the church triumphant. So it's just this like beautiful symphony of the communion of saints that I had never thought about um, prior. And it's just, again, this really rich time where we're thinking about um, the kind of all the stages of, of the church are kind of participating and we're thinking about um, each of, each of those groups within the church. You know, I remember talking about the, um, the, one of the things I remember from this, from I, I suppose you know my 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 time back in New York, um, I'm sure this occurs everywhere. But I remember this in particular was you know the the opening of the um, the book, the mass book at the parish, and the the announcements that you know the book is open. Um, you know, please you know come by the rectory. And my mother sometimes would go, and there there'd be lines, lines of people. Yeah. You know, to um, you know, to to put their intentions in for the masses, you know, that will be occurring over the next year, um, and so you know, that really brings to bear that idea that you know, this is a time for us to be remembering those that that have gone before. And sad to say, it's it's become less of a custom 
uh, and you know, with mass intentions, because these intentions are, are for the faithful departed, usually. Sometimes they're for someone who is living, but in general, the the, the people would come with their uh, with their lists of particular dates that they yep. wanted masses that would would appear usually in the parish bulletin and it would in a list and and would often be the anniversary or it may have been the the anniversary of the birth of someone who had died uh, things on I have a set of masses that I say uh, that I'll celebrate all throughout the year for various departed family members uh, on a birthday or on their the anniversary of their death things along these lines and sad to say that's a custom that has been um that hasn't been a, as present it's it's almost well you know we we don't need to do do this kind of of prayer a, anymore and uh, i think it's it's important for us to recognize that no we do we do need to do that. and if and if somebody is already in heaven they're praying and so it's not as if the the and interceding. It's not as if this prayer isn't that doesn't have effect, but we it can be applied uh, to to another who may not have anyone praying for them. Well, and the um and praying for the living and the dead is a spiritual work of mercy, and it's recognized as as such by the, the church. Um, All Saints Day also is the beginning of the All Saints octave. So between November 1st and 8th, someone can earn a plenary indulgence for a soul in purgatory every day that week. Um, And so All Saints Day is a holy day of obligation, um, but I don't think that a lot of Catholics know that during those first eight days of November that they can be offering up a plenary indulgence for someone, you know, family, friend, or really anyone who has gone before them. So speaking of, of, of all saints, we have a very popular uh, YouTube video on our Catholic Apostles Center YouTube page. Um, and I, and I think it kind of gains in popularity as we lead up to uh, the solemnity of all saints, because people start to, um, I firmly believe that most of this traffic is being, pushed by teenagers that are meant to be writing reports on saints and, and all of these things, because, you know, when, when you Google, what is a saint, you know, um, our, our video does come up, you know, some, you know, depending on the day, maybe, maybe it'll be on the first or second page, but it's there. Um, and, and it's, it's, and it's a very interesting video. I encourage our listeners to, um, to go watch it. It's, but, you know, particularly talks about, um, the, the the patron of the center, the founder of the of the Palatine Saint Vincent Pilati, but I think it has more of an idea behind that that just talks about being called to sainthood, right, Father? Yes, and it 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 starts with some newsreel footage of his canonization. He was the last canonization of St. John the 23rd. It was right after the close of the first session of the Second Vatican Council. And he, unlike today where they they usually do canonizations of multiple saints, he it was just him. And canonizations of saints at that time, was uh, that was not something that was common, and particularly not of a, uh, of a Roman. 
And and really that's the the saint, you know, when we, we think of, when we think of saints, we think of these people who have gone through this process and have ST period in, you know, in front of their name and that type of thing. And and that's not who we're talking about with with the solemnity of all saints. Really the the, the point of that video was the the companion of of, of St. Vincent Pilati was kind of seeing him do ordinary th- priestly things and ordinary, just general ordinary things, couldn't, just couldn't understand how, how he was seen as so holy. Like what, why would that be holy? It's just doing ordinary stuff. But that's our ordinary everyday life. If that's what if we're offering that to God and we know people in our lives that, that they really, that they really were like that in their life. These are the people who we're, we're talking about, that, that their holiness was such that when they died, you know, maybe they did, did go to purgatory and, and, and then to heaven, and these are the people who are there, and that we don't know, they don't, they're, they're not the ones, as I said earlier, you know, that they're not the ones with the stained glass and the prayer cards and the statues and so forth. We, we don't, but they're the everyday people, and this is what we're all called to. That's the that's the point in our ordinary lives, however we're living, that we're called to holiness and we're called to be saints, but not, you know, that we're so constrained or but but instead we're just we're living out day-to-day life and in in a faithful way, uh, faithful to Christ in and through his church. And I think that's too why we can celebrate Halloween, the vigil of all saints with such joy and merriment, you know, it's, it's absolutely Catholic to do so. And I've also, you know, if you want to really take it to the next level, I've seen a lot of Catholic families that are like dressing up as different saints. And Chris, you mentioned that you did that um, at your Catholic school growing up. Um, And I think that that's just become a really intentional way that a lot of Catholics are celebrating Halloween is looking to these men and women that they find heroic or fascinating and, and, you know, hoping to imitate. And then that becomes an evangelization opportunity. You know, why are you wearing that, that habit or what is that? Why are you carrying a crucifix? Um, you know, and then we get to learn about the stories of these different men and women um, and and share those powerful stories with others. And that doesn't mean that if you're Catholic, you can't dress up as anything else. You know, it doesn't mean you have to dress up as a saint, but that's just a really beautiful way to honor, you know, the vigil of All Saints Day that that I've seen a lot of families turning to and that we're, we're even praying about and just looking at, you know, this upcoming year as well. So. And I think there's also beyond that, like who, who were the examples of, of sanctity? Um, And we, you know, yes, we can't say, oh, definitively they're, they're in heaven with God, but really were examples of holiness to us. For me, it was my, my mother's mother, my grandmother, but both grandmothers in their own way. But particularly I, I saw for many, many years because she, she, lived until she was 96 and to see, you know, where she would be 
praying a couple of hours each morning and she had her regimen of the scriptures and the rosary and all these prayers. And she had this list of people that she would be praying for and, 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 and remembering, and people would come to her and it's not like she was very public about it. She wasn't, you know, she didn't, uh, she also didn't, she didn't go to mass every day. She went to mass every Sunday, faithfully every Sunday, but, but she had this, custom of of praying and people just knew it because you know she would always try to find something good to say about someone else and it was it it, it was just an example of prayerfulness and 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 charity that you didn't always see and it was an everyday example i mean i, I don't know about you do you have people like that in your lives you know for me i think i the the examples like that are i think we do i see them every day um i see it i i don't know if i can pinpoint one particular person if i did it would be my mother but she gets plenty of i mean not that she doesn't deserve more praise and she is a saint for sure and i think i've seen that more now than ever as she um uh really just is so wonderful in taking care of uh, our son, uh, Vinny, uh, when uh, my wife has to go to work or I and whatnot. And yeah, I mean, I can talk for hours about my mom being a saint. So yes, she is a saint for sure. Um, but I think what I think, though, is a little bit more, you know, um, I think we can take more example from because yes, grandmothers are saints. I mean, that, that's, that's, they deal with, they've dealt with us. They're, they're dealing with, and, and she deserves all the saintly praise. But I think for me, I see it a lot just in the, the people that I interact with that have the gift of faith and are able to, to talk about it and to express themselves in a way uh, without being preachy, without being um, overzealous, I think the word that you've used to describe is ordinary. And I, I think whenever you see them do something, take the time out of their day to do something good for another person, um, I, I see them everywhere. I really do. And I think that that's, that's really the point is that um, whether it's someone you know and you can you can thank them or or point out that they're that they've done this great thing or people you just pass seeing seeing doing good things. Um, I do. I see it every day, um, and it does give me a lot of hope that there are still good people in the world and that people are still striving to to be saints. Um, yeah. Kate, what about what about you? Yeah, I agree. You can I think, also say grandma. <laughs> I, well, I think we're we're really blessed if we can say that. First of all, I think that that's such a gift that we can look to our parents and grandparents as as witnesses to the faith. And I can certainly echo that with my own parents. Their authenticity in their faith was always something that kept me in church and that kept me believing in God throughout all of my adolescence was just their authentic witness and true commitment to holiness, even when they weren't perfect. 
and the fact that they truly loved God. And it was just so obvious to me, you know, that they had an actual relationship with God. I think now that I'm a mom and living far from family, the people that have become kind of heroic saints in the making for me have been some of the other women here in our community. And I've mentioned before that I uh, host a a women's group weekly where we we discuss all of the things that we're discussing right now, like how how to be holy and how to um, excel in our vocation, whatever that may be, um, in a way that again, like, is a living testament to our faith. And so, I I certainly feel just humbled by so many incredible witnesses to the faith who are striving to live their vocation in a time that is so difficult um, and can be very isolating and lonely um, just with such fervor. And that has kept me going on my personal journey towards sanctity is just the teamwork and witness of other women specifically that, you know, we're all just trying to do to do this and live this life and do so in an authentic way and figure it out. Um, but yeah, that has kept me going. So I, I feel very blessed by an incredible community of, of strong faith-filled women that keep me going and inspire me to, to hopefully be one of these saints that we keep talking about. And, and that's the, I think the, the beautiful thing is that so often not always, but most of the time, if you if you look at the lives of saints, there's a, there are other people, family, people that gathered around them, a religious community, a a the the their their friends who and they built this. They in effect built what we would call you know building a network. They these were people who were like minded in a good way, and and they did it differently. But they they lived this life of of holiness and became examples to one another and helped each other to strive toward uh, toward greater holiness and and sanctity and so that that is is part of who we are as church. That's what we're supposed to be as church. That's why we're oh, we have the connection also with the communion of saints. That there, that it isn't uh, that that they're praying for us. So we're all in this together, as a, a as a community of faith, and that's a, a, a we we. It's just not a, a you know a conceptual thing. That's a reality that we can live together. Absolutely, and I, you know, I, I like that you use the word network. You know, it's like a holiness doesn't occur in a vacuum. It doesn't occur in isolation. And if someone is on their path to sanctity, it is precisely because they are engaging the world and their community in the cult and the culture in a way that evangelizes and spreads the gospel with love. And so, you know, you often look at saints and there sometimes they come in pairs even or you know so and so was the spiritual director of this other you know one saint was the spiritual director of another saint or we think of Claire and Francis and their friendship 
or even siblings like St. Benedict um, and Scholastica. So it is really, I love that, that you, you're talking about that in this communion of saints and um, that, you know, that is just something that I don't think people are, are really thinking about as we are entering into this season of, and month of November with Halloween and with all saints and the commemoration of all the faithful departed. And so we really encourage you to not only pray for those that have gone before you, whether you know them or not, and to cultivate that prayer life um, for the living and the dead, but also to think about, you know, who are the saints that you've built a relationship with throughout your life? Who are the saints that you'd like to imitate? How can you share their story? And also how can you help form saints around you through your own example? I think one of the things that, uh, too, is that, you know, we as a center, we have this uh, Catholic feast days site. And I think that's something that we're, one of the reasons why we put that together was just to show not only the, the feast days themselves, but this variety. So if you go to uh, www.catholicfeastdays.org or catholicapostolatecenterfeastdays.org, you'll, you'll come to this uh, site that has a whole calendar. Uh, and it, of course, it talks about you know, all saints and commemoration of all the faithful departed, all souls, but also just all these different saints. And right now we're working on uh, a number of them in uh, in Spanish. So we have a whole set of them that have appeared on social media, and now we're just we're going to be updating the whole site to also have a whole separate calendar in Spanish, and uh, and also with some particular feast days that are important in in Latin America and in the the Spanish speaking community here in the United States. Well, this wraps up uh, another great episode of On Mission from the Catholic Apostolate Center. As Father mentioned, you can find our feast day website at catholicfeastdays.org or uh, catholicapostolatecenterfeastdays.org. We encourage you to check that out and share it with your friends and family on your social media. Uh, And, of course, be sure to like, review, subscribe, and share uh, our podcast here so that you and others don't miss an episode. You can find On Mission as well as other center podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, or on our special podcast website, catholicapostolatecenterpodcast.com, or on our website at catholicapostolatecenter.org. Thank you for listening to this podcast by the Catholic Apostolate Center. Please review and subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts to stay up to date on the latest content from the Center, and go to catholicapostolatecenter.org for more resources.